It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, June 5th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is apparently going outside again next year, Russ. Yep, I love it. I love it, too. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the hockey ops changes, plus the state of the NHL info from Gary Bettman, plus our nemesis of the week, all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology, and also coming to us from Las Vegas, where he is covering the Stanley Cup final. You can subscribe or follow us for free over on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, subscribe to get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Russ, we talked last week about the potential or unofficial changes to the Flyers hockey ops department. Uh, it feels like the Flyers were maybe rushed into the official announcement by some of the news leaking, but nonetheless, they did do that over the weekend. And so we found out for sure that Alan McCauley is going to be an AGM uh, in charge of the Phantoms, as well as you know, some player development stuff and and otherwise um, under his purveyance. Riley Armstrong is director of player development now. Um, and one piece of information that was new to us uh, from that uh, previous information is that Nick Schultz is assistant director of player development now. Um, and then they officially said that Mike O'Connell, John Riley, and Shell Samuelson will not be returning. The little caveat there, we had thought maybe Shell Samuelson would have a different role within the organization, but that seems like it's not happening. So a lot of moving pieces and parts here, but a lot of people sticking around. Yeah, it's a shame about Shell. I, I really do think he has yeah. a lot to offer, but you know, that's that's their decision. Uh yeah, they've they've hired, you know, their staff now. Now we'll kind of see um, what what they can do and see if they change some things and and add some new uh, wrinkles. Yeah, I am intrigued by N the Nick Schultz news here because we knew he had been uh, part of the player development group since he retired from playing, but we hadn't really like heard much from him other than like little comments here and there at right. um, at development camp, um, but. He hasn't been a, a real public figure for the Flyers. No. And with this promotion um, and with Riley Armstrong, now the director of player development, I'm wondering how much we'll hear from these two. Well, I mean, we'll hear a lot during um, rookie camp and development camp. So um, that's where I expect to hear from them. So that's when, you know, I'll draw some conclusions and kind of, you know, pick his brain and kind of see where he's at. So that's, I think that's when he'll get to show us. Yeah. I think it's definitely a wait and see with those two in terms of what their strategy is, what kind of approach they're going to be taking. And, and you're right at development camp and at rookie camp, that's where we're going to, where we're going to get the most information. So uh, just going to wait and see, and uh, hopefully we'll get some good, good things from those two. Yep. 
Yep. We'll take the patient approach there. Yep. And then uh, the other big news of the weekend coming out of Las Vegas, uh, Gary Bettman obviously always does sort of a state of the union address about the NHL before the first game of the Stanley Cup finals. And as part of that, uh, officially announced the full slate of special events for the NHL for next season, including the stadium series announcement, which we had talked about previously. There had been uh, information about that. And uh, it had also been uh, hinted at at the announcement of Keith Jones and Danny Breer's hires that there would be an outdoor game in the Flyers' future. And sure right. enough, we are going to have that back-to-back stadium series game February 17th to 18th at MetLife Stadium in North Jersey, uh, home of the New York football giants and New York Jets. Uh, and the Flyers versus Devils game will be the first of those two games. On the 17th, on the 18th, it'll be Isles versus Rangers. I am a lot more excited about this than I thought I would be. And we'll get to the than I thought it would be part in the Nemesis discussion later in the show. But uh, I, I think this is a really creative idea from the league. No, it is. It's a creative idea. Uh, I like it. I've been to MetLife many times as a Jets fan, so have good experiences there. I do understand, though, that not every Flyers fan is happy about this because, again, this is something in their eyes that might cost them more money for watching a team that maybe they don't love at the moment. So that's there is that, too. And we'd have to we have to point that out because I've heard that. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously, when you're in a marquee event like this, you want your team to be able to put their best foot forward. Right. And the Flyers aren't. Uh, not expected to be a good team. Now, you know, stranger things have happened. We'll see how the season plays out uh, in terms of how competitive they are versus the New Jersey Devils, who are obviously expected to go into next season in a really good position based on the steps that they have taken this season uh, forward and the talent that they have on that team. And it just seems like, you know, to spend that kind of money and travel up to the stadium and all everything around it, for what could potentially be a lopsided competition, you know, it's a tough pill to swallow for some. It is. What my advice is, is spend the money. If you're going there to sort of watch a celebration of hockey, be out there, have some fun, have some beer. Uh, then I think you're okay. If, if you're going to take it real serious and I get it. Yeah. I am actually really intrigued to see if they take advantage of uh, the American dream mall right nearby that has an indoor rink. That's where the Metropolitan Riveters of the PHF uh, played their games this past season. Uh, there's an indoor ski hill there. There's Nobody shopping. talks about that place, though. I know. Well, they don't. But I'm just wondering, given the proximity and the fact that there's yeah. two games being played at MetLife, if they take advantage of it and try to have some other events at the mall or, you know, in that general vicinity. I mean, if I was the governor, I would. Yeah. <laughs> I would be like, we got to get some business here. What's going on? Yeah. Just have some like public skates at the rink there right. tied to the stadium series and all of that. I think it could be a lot of fun. All right, uh, moving over to the Memorial Cup, where we had been tracking Flyers prospects J.R. Avon and Brian Zanetti playing for the Peterborough Peets, who were the OHL champions going into the Memorial Cup. And um, Peterborough had a rough beginning to the tournament, but managed to squeak their way into a tiebreaker game to see who would be in the semifinals uh, up against Kamloops. And that, you know, 
first off, to have a tiebreaker game is unusual. Yep. But then to have that tiebreaker game go into overtime <laughs> was yeah. even more. Un- what a game. Honestly, I-, I had so much fun watching that game. Both teams were just pushing on every front. And uh, it was great. Brian Zanetti scored a goal in that game, which was really cool. Uh, he was the opening goal scorer for Peterborough in that one. And then J.R. Avon with the OT winner. Uh, in it was such a good play that led yeah, to J.R.'s uh perfectly placed shot so uh for flyers fans i think that was a fun game to watch and a good outcome yeah no doubt i mean that's a couple guys they have and you'll see how they look in the future but you know to perform well in a big game shows they have a little something yeah i think so too unfortunately the Pete's lost to seattle in the semifinal in the next game but they're a juggernaut I know Seattle's just so good with so many first round picks from last year on that team. So, but I got to give some props to Peterborough. They, they battled until the very end. And again, I'm, I'm super excited, especially to see J.R. Avon um, at training camp this year and and see what he can do. Yeah. Peterborough had a really good year. Uh, This should be a good summer for both those guys and we'll see him in camp. So given that you are in Las Vegas covering the Stanley Cup final, uh, what was your take on game one uh, being in the arena? Yeah, the arena is great. I hadn't been there before. The atmosphere is terrific. The pregame is oh, all such fun. A fun. Yeah, their pregame really, is one of the best in the league. It might be the best. Um, Montreal has a real good one, too. Uh, yeah. But this is just you know spot on great. Um, as far as the game went, I, I wasn't overly surprised. Both goalies play great. I mean, again, we always, nobody talked about Aiden Hill all year, even through the playoffs until recent, because like he was like looked at as like an average goalie. But uh, he's just been unbelievable. He's out-dueling Bob. Uh, I pointed out in an article on Sportsology.com, he had a higher save percentage coming into that game, which you wouldn't think. Like it's, It seems counterintuitive, but he did. And nobody showed any rust. But what did show... Uh, was the fact that Vegas has better defense and they were the harder checking team. And at some point, Florida just couldn't keep up with that. I pointed out that Gustav Forsling had four turnovers. He had three, he had three takeaways before turnovers is a lot. And for a guy who played 25 minutes, so that's their defense just doesn't have the same players and the breadth of, yeah. and, And the breadth of defending forwards that, Vegas has is just too deep. Uh, you know, you have Carlson, you have Eichel, you have Mark Stone. Like these guys are oh, all that Mark sharp. Stone goal was so good yeah. too. Yeah, and Eichel had a nice steal to set up a really good scoring chance. I mean, they make plays like that, and when you have forwards that make plays like that, you're really dangerous. And this is something where I think Flyers fans should take note because while you know John Tortorella is working on the overall team defense. You still need like three to five really good 200-foot forwards, and they're very short of that right now. Game two is tonight. We'll see how that one plays out in what should be a pretty exciting series. In the meantime, uh, there was more information to come out of Gary Batman's uh, Stanley Cup final state of the NHL press conference, and we will get to what else he had to say coming up next. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to 
fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, so our uh, draft coverage will be continuing this week, of course, leading up to the NHL draft later this month. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to have Fargo Force Day, where we're going to look at a couple depth pick options for the Flyers coming from the Fargo Force in the USHL. Plus, later in the week, we're going to look at Oliver Moore and do an Oliver Moore versus Ryan Leonard comparison and see if both of those guys are available to the Flyers at seven, which we think is the right option to go with. So Russ, you were there for Gary Bettman and Bill Daly's press conference. And, you know, sometimes when you read about what they said or read quotes, it's hard to get a, a real picture about what they think or like what the underlying tone was behind any statement they made. And since you were in the room, um, I'm just curious what you thought, like kind of the overall attitude was and and how people were feeling in the room about what they had to say. I mean, their attitude was they were going to answer everything. They're not afraid of anything. And they would deflect what they felt like deflecting. Yeah. So, you know, there's never a negative in a Gary Bettman press conference anymore in his eyes. <laughs> and so when you, when you do that, and he's really good at answering questions and turning things around and getting that positive message out, and that's his job, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but there were plenty of groans. I mean, you know, we could start with the Arizona Coyotes. You could start with the uh, Diamond Group RSN stuff. Like there were some things that were glossed over and not answered right and, you know, gone back to and, you know, you just get what you get. That's it. Yeah, I think, you know, starting with the easy stuff for them to get through, you know, presenting the special events for yes. the next year. Um, they revealed the logos for the Heritage Classic. We have the, which is in uh, Edmonton next year. And then we have the Winter Classic in Seattle. And then, of course, the All-Star Game, which will be in Toronto. Um, now, Gary wasn't happy because I don't know the date of the uh, Heritage Classic, but it said 2003 on the logo. Oh, really? And he mentioned that and he said, I'm going to have to talk to somebody about that. Oh, yeah, that is a big error. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, of course, they talked about the stadium series uh, weekend, which is, you know, what we talked about uh, earlier in the show. And then um, the salary cap question, uh, which was kind of something we already knew about, that there was really only going to be about a one million dollar bump for this upcoming year so that would make it give or take he said give or take. you know because of the way the cap is but we should talk about that just for a second because i know there was this thought like it could be more mm -hmm. um but we never believed it on on this show and i never believed it and so now you know for sure and so now if you're a gm that now tells you okay things got a little harder because now yep. 
I can't buy my way out of a situation necessarily with more money. Yeah. And for Danny Rear, clearing cap space is going to become all the more important. Yes. So uh, the cap next year should be about $83.5 million, but we'll get that officially uh, once the season ends and, and everything comes out in the wash in terms of the hockey-related revenue. So looking at a couple of other issues, they were asked specifically about the Arizona situation, which you mentioned, and uh, they were asked to defend Arizona as a viable place for an NHL team, which I thought was interesting, the way they went about answering it. It was interesting. It was a really good question because uh, I feel like the room didn't feel like the first answer was significant enough. And honestly, even that one wasn't to say it's a great market. Uh, that's an over-exaggeration. Now, if you want to say it's a good TV market and all the other things, you want to say they have good fans, sure, I'll buy in on that. But it's not a great market. If it were a great market, they'd have a deal. Uh, they focused back on the Phoenix area. And again, I've seen the articles. I've seen the lists. They literally have three months, maybe four, to pull off a deal. Otherwise, we're talking what we're going to talk about, where they're going to move to. And yeah. so my whole thing is they're acting like they've had all these other opportunities but chose Tempe. And it didn't seem like that on the landscape. So we'll no, see. It seemed like this Tempe thing and for how long they've been talking about it and how the development process went before the vote. That was like well over a year of discussion. Yes. And so to compress all of that into a three to four month timeline for another location seems like a very difficult hurdle to overcome, to be generous. It does. No, it does. Um, and so uh, you alluded to this, but they were asked specifically about, you know, the offer from Salt Lake City and, and Ryan Smith, uh, who owns part of the Utah Jazz. And uh, they confirmed that they have been approached by this group in, in Salt Lake City as a potential relocation spot. Um, but I think, you know, they're going to fight this Arizona thing to the bitter end. And I honestly hope the Coyotes stay in Arizona. I, I think that, you know, it, it's it's always a sad thing when a team leaves a market. But ultimately, they got to have some stability because they've been struggling to make this team viable and competitive and just haven't found a way to do it there. And maybe a clean slate is the best option. Yeah, I I get that fans won't want to see it leave, but you can't keep playing out of college. Yeah. It's a horrible look. Yeah. It's embarrassing. It really is embarrassing. And And the league knows it and we know it and the other owners know it because they're not making the kind of money off of that franchise that the rest of them pull in, not even close. No. Nope. So that's really the issue there. And we'll, um, we'll see where that takes it. Yeah. Uh, expansion, not a priority right now, which makes sense, but they are doing like work to make sure that if they want to pull the trigger, they can have the process go quickly and efficiently. So they know where the interest groups lie, which I think is a smart yes. way to look at it. Yeah, Bill Daly's really good with all that stuff, and and there's yep. no doubt they're pre they're prepared. And right now they're riding the wave of gambling revenue, right? So if that starts <laughs> to slow down, then look for expansion, Rachel. That's just the way the financial part of this game works. Got to infuse those millions and millions of dollars or billions, I guess, at this point. Yeah, they might be at six billion this year. They think. They think. Uh, also, just a, a couple of smaller things. They're still in negotiations with the Players Association about a World Cup of Hockey, but the 
but the discussions are continuing. Um, I, I think it would be great if it happened, but I think this is kind of a slow discussion and it'll take a while to iron out everything. Yeah. And Marty was in the back of the room listening to everything. So that was, <laughs> that's always fun when you got the new guy there. Yeah. Um, but there was, I, I felt like a big thing that was glossed over uh, with the RSN deal with, I guess they're now called the diamond group, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or diamond, whatever they are. Um, now Gary Bevan made it a point to say, Hey, in market, those fans don't have to worry. They'll be able to watch their team. And sure, I believe that that's the case because I believe the NHL will step in uh, if something happens and make sure the games are shown. But they're not going to make money off of them, maybe a little bit of advertising. And what was glossed over was they were asked about the financial implications of it. And all they would say is they haven't heard anything yet that makes them seem like it wouldn't be. But we're seeing reports that when this goes through bankruptcy court, the NHL is like fourth in line as far as the other sports and the priority of getting some money to them, the pennies on a dollar stuff. So there is going to be a loss here. And at some point, the league will will talk about that. But right now, they don't want to. Yeah, and it is interesting, like, who owns the risk for those deals, you know, in terms of the ownership across the league versus, you know, the Players Association and how that balances out escrow and and all, all of that moving forward. Uh, so it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Yeah, and we should mention that even though the cap is going up, there's still escrow too. Yep. Yep, there is. Uh, Also, the Stanley Cup will once again not be going to Russia on a summer tour uh, for any players that may be getting their day with the Cup. Which you feel bad about, but like they'll just have to come here and celebrate. Like, so it's fine. So I think the, the biggest sort of controversial part of the whole presser was talking about reinstating controversial figures in hockey. I thought it was very uh, bizarre that Val- Valerie Nishushkin is just now eligible to play next year, that there, the Avalanche handled it and the league wasn't going to really look into it, which is, I just thought, quite bizarre. Yeah, the best thing I could say after seeing what's available online and everything else is, the NHL is just taking the police and the avalanche's word for it. Mm-hmm. Say say what you will on that, but they're not going to look into it any no. further, like you said. Yeah, and then of course uh, Stan Bowman and Joel Quenville from the uh, formerly of the Chicago Blackhawks have requested meetings to get reinstated. Um, they said that should those meetings occur, which means yes, those meetings will occur. They're, uh, <laughs> they're going to happen after the Stanley Cup final is over. Um, which, you know, for anybody that wants to potentially hire them, they're going to have to wait a a little while. I personally wouldn't hire them at this moment. There there have not been enough. Somebody's going to, Rachel. I know. I know. I just think that they individually, while they've sort of been, quote unquote, punished by not being in the league for one year only for causing tremendous harm to one of their own players, you know, I think that, some more time and some more, you know, evidence that they accept responsibility for what they have done might be something of value, I think, in these meetings. The only thing I could say is I think you'd be surprised at maybe some of the work that is being done by them behind the scenes. So it's not really being reported. Yeah. I mean, show me then. Happy, happy to hear about it. Just show me before you make a unilateral decision. It might happen. Yep. 
Uh, and then uh, we'll find out after the Stanley Cup as well about what happened with the 2018 Team Canada investigation. So uh, that is another to be continued. It's dragon. Yeah, like they, I don't they understand. Finished... They're done. Like, what's the thing? What's going on here? Well, I think what it is is just they're trying to elongate the process so that everybody just kind of, you know, gets numb to it and just it, it it loses its sting because they already have the report done and then it's like hey we'll look at it during the summer and then we'll decide what to do you know it's like you know the yep. report's done like you could look at it on the off day for the stanley cup if you really wanted to so to me that tells me that they're just keeping the process slow yeah all right. Well, lots to keep an eye on as the summer continues. In the meantime, uh, it's Monday. And of course, we will be talking about our nemesis of the week. And we will do that coming up next. So each and every Monday on Locked On Flyers, Russ and I look around at the world of hockey and the Flyers and say, what is bothering us the most, what is scaring us the most, and uh, name our nemesis of the week. And last week, we talked a little bit about the wait for the Stanley Cup final and how because of how the series went and, and the timing, you know, Florida had to wait a week and a half between games. And uh, so the anticipation was high. You know, it's happening. We're here now. Russ is in Vegas. Uh, so that part of it is good. For me, the nemesis this week relates to the outdoor game announcement. And I stand by everything I said earlier that I'm really excited about it. I think the whole concept of the weekend is really cool. You know, I also do obviously stand by saying, you know, I wish maybe the Flyers would be a better team to present in a marquee event like this. But all of that being said, just this little nagging thing in the back of my brain says, I really didn't want another outdoor game until they could figure out the logistics to have it at Penn State. I just really think the Flyers fandom and the Pens fandom for that matter, like getting a Flyers-Pens outdoor game at Penn State is like the penultimate contest in NHL outdoor games. Right. And to not have that be the next one in the queue, just like, uh, it just burns a little bit. I was told by, you know, um, a few sources, it will never happen and it'll never happen because of what happened at, at the big house, because there's one road in one road out. They don't want to have that kind of traffic again. It was really bad at the big house. Like there were people sitting in traffic for three hours. I know. And that's what would happen with Penn State too. And it's just not going to happen. Listen, a girl can dream and that's what I'm going to continue to do. And like, I didn't even go to Penn State. And I think like, this is just like, how great would it be? Well, when everybody can teleport there (laughs) or have a hovercraft, then maybe that'll work. Fair enough. Fair enough. So my, my nemesis is as I'm here in Las Vegas, First thing is, they used to always talk about the buffets, right? I think now the price of the buffets are priced out. Now, I don't know every buffet in town, but at the hotel I'm staying at, it's $31.99. Yikes. And that's... Is that for a lunch buffet or a dinner buffet? uh, I think it's lunch. I think it's maybe... Yeah, I didn't see the... No, the Sunday brunch price, I think, was a little higher. Mm -hmm. Might be like $35. And I'm just thinking, that's... You're pricing the average person out of that. 
And so, you know, so that's one thing. The other thing is, you know, we have all these other um, companies that come here and serve food and same places you have at home. But I'm hearing complaints like it's not exactly the way it is at home. And I could tell you as an example, like Einstein bagels, like, look, I'm looking for a bagel. There's no great bagel no, in Vegas. That is I get true. it, right? I have been there. So and I know. <laughs> yeah. And so Einstein's okay. It's a palatable enough where I can get through it. And, but I got to tell you, it's not exactly the same as far as what you can get on the East Coast. Like, as an example, there's like two or three cream cheeses. You can't get like, I don't know, a lock spread or whatever. They just don't have it. So what I have found is in a few of these chains that are here is they sort of get mis Midwesternized <laughs> and, oh, no. and I don't like that. So like, as an example, I walked by the New York pizza place. It didn't smell like New York pizza. It wasn't looking like New York pizza. I went and I peeked into the Jewish deli. Like I'm telling you, the only three things that were remotely really Jewish on that Jewish deli were matzo ball soup and a Reuben and like brisket. But did it have the smell of a Jewish deli? No. Did the bread look like it would look in a Jewish deli? No. So these are the things that they all say that, hey, it's New York, but it's here in Vegas. It's not New York. It's just the way I will it tell is. you the trick to that is in in Las Vegas, because I've been there quite a bit, especially when I used to live in Utah. I was down in Vegas a lot. And I have a, a dear friend that lives there who is uh, also Jewish and um, living sort of in the outskirts, like on the north end of the city. There's plenty of good places to go for like that locals go to anywhere. OK, anywhere near the strip. You're not. No, it's just not good. But if you get into like where people actually live their lives in the Vegas okay, area, that's where the stuff that's is. That's where the good okay. stuff is. I promise. You. Okay, that makes sense because I'm only encountering the strip stuff yeah. this trip. So yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Fair enough. That will do it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, everydayers on tomorrow's show, we are going to get into those Fargo Force prospects, and uh, really excited to talk about that. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. So send in your mailbag questions via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at lockdownflyers at gmail or comment over on YouTube. We'll have that uh, mailbag segment on Wednesday. I am Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. -I I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.